When is the last time that you took inventory of your heart and mind to see how you're actually feeling? Okay, stay with me here. Because if you're like me, you're probably the kind of mom who says, I'm fine. It's fine. I'm taking care of everybody. I'm fine. Everybody's fine. We are going to take the next about 30 minutes to have a conversation with Dr. Monica Blyde about the importance of our mental health as a mom. She has so much wisdom to share with us. Dr. Monica Blyde is a licensed clinical psychologist, and I love that she's coming to us as a mother of three. So she understands the heart of a mom and the struggles of a mom. She is the director of the Faces of Health Wellness Center in Claremont. Dr. Blyde specializes in helping individuals who are living with chronic medical illnesses to make sense of their new normal and learn to thrive. Dr. Blyde has expertise in mind, body wellness, whole health interventions, and in providing psychological testing and neurocognitive evaluations. Dr. Blyde is the co-author of 12 journal articles, four book chapters, and over 60 local and national conference presentations. If you want to find out more about her, you can learn more by visiting her website at drblyde.com. I am so glad you're here with us today. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Seek Holy Living podcast with Christus Faboda. I am a wife to my wonderful husband, mom to my five precious children, and a friend to some amazing moms that I can't wait to introduce to you. Mothering is not a journey meant to be traveled alone. Join me every Monday for a new podcast where you will find hope, joy, and purpose. Dr. Blythe, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me, Krista. I'm so excited. Well, and I'm so thankful that this conversation is happening because I think it's one that is so extremely important for moms. And so often we put the unseen things in our life on Mm -hmm. the shelf and just put it away to not have to deal with it until it's a serious problem. But I think that we have to take care of ourselves and take care of the unseen to be able to live a life effectively and to the fullest, the way that I believe God intended us to. Yes, yes, absolutely. And speaking of putting things on the shelf, don't we as moms do that period when it comes to our kids, when it comes to our partners, like, you know, it is like right there out in the open. It's, you know, if we're working on an island of the kitchen, that is all the tools and the ingredients. And we're just making sure that everyone's all set, that everyone feels nurtured and taken care of and that this is planned and organized and the lunches are made and that the dinner is planned out for the next week. But when it comes to ourselves, it's just like, okay, let's just put that in the top shelf, close it up. It's with, you know, my recipe book that, you know, I inherited from my great, great grandmother that like I don't pull out on Thanksgiving. That's how often we refer to ourselves or to our own self-care. And um, at no fault of our own, I think it is what is uh, most accepted culturally in our society and what is most honored. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just reinforced over and over, put yourself last, put others first. And then we end up with, um, you know, stuff hitting the fan mm-hmm. we can't do it anymore. 
Absolutely. And I see it with the most well-meaning, servant-hearted, God-honoring women that we, that we don't take care of ourselves because we're out of a, out of a heart of service and love and care and concern. We're caring for others, which has its place, but we have to take care of ourselves to be able to serve others. So, yes. So this topic, this, this buzzword of mental health, I feel like it it is a word that's just flown all over the place this last year because it been a new necessity in so many people's lives to take care of our health of our mind in a different way. What is mental health? What do you think? Yeah. Mental health. I think when a lot of people think of mental health, they think of its converse of mental illness. So they're thinking about, you know, clinical levels of depression where you are on the verge of having suicidal thoughts. They think about clinical levels of anxiety, or they may think of like bipolar disorder or schizophrenia in those um, types of um, disorders that people do live with. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you think about mental health, I encourage people to think about Um, Not just, you know, when things go wrong or when things are different than average, Mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, would qualify for those different clinical disorders that I mentioned, but also like um, as a part of your whole person health, Mm -hmm. the mental part is a part of it. Mm -hmm. So we have our medical health. We have our, you know, which most people think of like their physical health, like, okay, do you have like high cholesterol or low cholesterol? Do you have high blood pressure or low blood pressure? Or, you know, is it in the normal range? And, you know, what is your BMI and um, those types of metrics that you get when you go for a physical. But in the last like 10 years, at least our medical um, system, our medical providers are also asking about like, so how have you been feeling lately? Mm-hmm. And they'll, you know, give you what's called a PHQ-2, which wow. is um, asking if you have felt sad or hopeless or apathetic, feeling nothing lately. And if you've had any thoughts about, you know, that you'd be better off just not living. So mm-hmm. they're getting more savvy that everything is connected. Well, and I think well, that God designed us. He designed our body and our mind and our soul all of those things tie into one another. So while it's e- it seems easy to just put the mind aside oh, because, yeah. you know, we don't get to go to, we go to church for our heart. You know, mm-hmm. we go to the store and get food to fill our bodies. We move around with our children, but there's nothing in our weekly rhythm to take care of our minds unless we make it an intentional practice. Mm-hmm. Unless it is intentional. And the interesting thing is that, it does happen. We do take care of our minds or we trash our minds. So yeah. when we think about like our eyes and ears being, you know, the windows and the gates to the soul, like what we watch impacts our heart, but also impacts our mind. What we listen to impacts our heart and impacts our mind. So that can be as, um, as everyday common as the music that we're listening to or the people that we're listening to. And yeah, some social media platforms give a voice into our minds that you might not even realize you're using, but you are. Exactly. And also don't forget who's closest to our mind, which is ourselves. 
What are the things that we're telling ourselves? And so when we think of mental health, are you telling yourself things that are more aligned with health or more aligned with illness? So the thoughts that you're having, are they stinking thinking like, I'm not a good enough mom. I'm a trash mom. I don't have enough time for my children. I don't have enough energy for my kids. Um, I don't have, you know, whatever the case might be of thinking about your deficiencies instead of thinking about like what you do bring to your role as a mother. Like, wow, I care so much about my, my children that I'm having these thoughts of thinking, am I good enough? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A not good enough mom doesn't even have those thoughts. So like I'm on the right track, right? So are you feeding yourself health? Yes. Mental health. I think about that passage in the Bible that says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And if I were to measure my thoughts towards myself against Mm -hmm. that scripture, is it, is it lovely? Is it admirable? Is it praiseworthy? There have been seasons where I can promise you it was not. Um, sometimes coming post baby, you know, after when I'm, and those are the times you think you should be feeling, you know, all of those feelings of closeness and love and beauty. And, and there was that for me, I was never in a a deep, hard place, but the thoughts did not all align with that scripture. And during other times where my hormones were imbalanced, when I quit nursing, one of my babies, I went through a season that felt those were not that my, my feelings towards myself were not aligned with that. And, and during seasons, during this whole COVID year and a half, I don't know how long are we calling it now, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it felt like I had to be all things to all people. I had to Mm -hmm. meet all the needs for everyone in the walls of my home because I was, they were all here all the time. And I couldn't, use other places and resources to meet those needs. And I had to catch myself that my mind was not speaking truth to myself all the time. Mm -hmm. Or the truth that you believed was something that was counterproductive at least, and maybe even toxic. So Mm -hmm. you spoke about like the postpartum period being something that is like full of beauty and gratitude. And, you know, I am one of the moms who had postpartum depression after my second child, um, you know, with a lot of post-birth complications as well. And when we talk about like hormonal changes, when we talk about neurochemical differences that contribute to depression in general, and specifically postpartum depression, that is quite a beast to overcome. Mm -hmm. You know, so God has given us tools through medications, through therapists, psychologists to be able to help us navigate that and get on the other side successfully. Part of that is also attending to our thoughts but it is so difficult to do that in a place of isolation. Oh, absolutely. And without other tools being given to you. And so, so how, how does a mom even begin prioritizing her mental health? What do you think that looks like? Cause you can't do it by yourself. Right. Right. I think the, the number one um, recommendation is to find community. Hmm. 
because there have been so many decades of psychological research on different psychological topics. Mm -hmm. So different, you know, illnesses and disorders and medical disorders as well, that says that one of the factors that contribute to longevity, to success, if you want to call it that, but then also to better health, mental health, medical health, is social support. So getting a community around you of one, people who get it, and maybe even people who are further along of their journey who can help encourage you and inspire you and hold the hope for you when you're in a hopeless place. That is paramount. Sometimes we find that within our church community. Sometimes we find that within um, a support group. For other moms, I found a a postpartum support group that was so instrumental, you know, and, you know, wherever it is, find that sometimes it is through social media, through like different, you know, chat groups of people who get it, you know, but being, you know, very um, intentional again about fighting against that demon of isolation. Because a neurochemical level of depression will have you isolate. That's one of the main symptoms, you know, doing the things that I used to do. Yes. And don't you think that's also why coming off of this last long period of that whole, all the quarantine and all of that Mm -hmm. resulted in moms. I think, I think we've all been through trauma because of the isolation. Yes. Yes. The isolation and the sudden unexpected and out of our control changes. Mm -hmm. So just um, quarantine by itself was quite a ride (laughs) for every person. I think the latest um, stats are that like 80% of people, um, eight out of 10 have some sort of mental health issue coming out of um, quarantine right now. Uh whether it be depression or anxiety, usually a combination of both. Mm-hmm. You so, know, it's, sorry, oh, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. continue. Yeah. And so when you add on to that, the pressures that moms have had of all of a sudden going from, you know, whatever the, uh, the homeostasis was in the home of everyone had their roles and routines. Now they also have to do full-time school So they're, you know, if they're a working mom, they're a full-time, still got to work, full-time mom, you know, a working mom, but then also full-time homeschooling mom and also full-time nurse and Mm full-time cook and full-time everything. And there's so many extra pressures and demands and maybe the coping tools that you used before to help with your mental health, be that going to the movies or taking your kids, you know, skating to the skate park or whatever, all that is closed down. So what do you do? Mm. So many people have faced that and, and had that same question and same challenge. And now we are coming out of it. However, the the aftermath and the repercussions are still there for a lot of moms and a lot of families. So it's so important more than ever to attend to, pay attention to, how's your heart right now? How, How is your heart? How is your mind? When you just notice your thoughts, what are some of the loudest thoughts? Are they about worry? about what if that and, 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 you know, what if this, is it about regret? 
um, oh man, I wish I, I didn't or I should have or I could have. Because those lean towards depression and anxiety. Those lean towards the illness parts um, of our health rather than towards wellness. And so those need to be addressed. So how would you recommend that a mom even starts to think about her thoughts? Because that's, I I completely understand what you're saying. I'm thinking though, day-to-day life, you've got Mm -hmm. all your kids, you know, your kids needing you, whether it's that your kids are at home with you. So you have the little voices all the time around you, or you have older kids and you're getting around to start carting them around places again, to take them to this activity and making sure that the soccer uniform's clean and making sure that you've got food packed so that you guys can have a reasonably nutritious meal on your way to whatever you're going to. How do you recommend a mom stops and even takes a self inventory like that? Yeah, I'd say, you know, use the rule of three. I want you to find some time. It is probably for a lot of moms right when she wakes up before the kids do, you know, or right when before she goes to bed after she's already put the other, you know, her kids to bed, you know, just take three minutes and think about three things. Just kind of take those three minutes, put it, put a timer on and just say like, okay, well, how was my day or yesterday or, or, you know, how was it today or whatever? What were the loudest thoughts in my mind? And what are three things that I'm grateful for today? What are three things that I'm proud of today? What are three things that, um, you know, I could have done a little better? And would you recommend, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No problem. And then what are three things that I need to lift up to God right now? And would you recommend journaling those or just thinking on it? It depends on the woman. Okay. So some people, they, um, they thrive in journaling and that is like their like mental wellness, self-care. And then other people, it's just like, okay, well, if I'm not, I have to write it down. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> You know, and, and, and that's fine. So maybe it's just like a thought reflective exercise. Some people, they do it through, you know, while having some sort of physical movement. So it can be as simple as rolling your wrists and thinking about, okay, three things I'm grateful for, three things I'm proud of, three things I wish I've done better, three things that I need to lift up to God. Hmm. And the simple act of combining physical movement with it, even if that physical movement is writing or just a, you know, a flip of the wrist is it helps to um, connect the wiring in your brain as you're thinking. Wow. So that there's more of a, um, a target and a connection so that these things are actually going to manifest for you. Mm-hmm. Well, and that makes sense because our bodies are tied in with everything that we're doing, but our bodies experienced all of the things. Yeah. So incorporating our body into our thoughts that, that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if, if she does that, I really like the specific things that you gave and I will actually lift the, I'll list those out in the show notes too so that someone can have those to reference also. And if you're listening to this and you want to see what um, Dr. Blight is talking about with her wrist movements, you can watch it on YouTube and see what she's doing. So you can incorporate that too. But, mm-hmm. um, but so if, if I, I'll just use me, I'll say, yeah. I'm the one. if I sit with myself 
And I say, okay, so my mind is not really going to places that are, that are words that the Lord's would speak to me. If they're not, if I wouldn't hear these truths from God's word, or if they're not words that are words that the Holy spirit would be prompting in my heart, then, then what, what would you recommend? I feel like the next step's kind of scary because it's almost like you're recognizing, oh my, I feel like I was doing good enough. But now that I've sat still with myself, I've realized maybe I'm not doing good enough. And if I actually recognize that, then I have to maybe do something. And that feels like it could be a scary step. It is a scary step. So allow yourself that space, permit yourself to feel the fear and to feel the maybe disappointment around it, the shame around it. And don't stop there. Mm. So I'd say in in no case, stuff your feelings like, okay, no, it's not scary. Let me just power through it. No, mom, you've done enough powering through. (laughs) Allow yourself to feel the feels. And that's when it's time to reach out for support, to reach out for additional resources by finding a licensed, you know, professional therapist who can help you sort through and help you better navigate the challenges that you're experiencing. Mm -hmm. I think even now today, although we've gotten better, there's still a lot of stigma around mental health and around therapy. Like when I was growing up, it was just like, you don't need to see a shrink. You know, nothing's wrong with you. You had to be kind of like off the edge, ready to get locked up in a straight jacket before you could see a therapist. You know, the white white coats. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. But you know, I think in today's culture, it's a lot more accepted. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to, to emphasize that like, you don't have to have anything wrong with you to see a therapist. You can have it as part of your whole health wellness regimen. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of times where my clients have um, gotten to the place of, and they stay in that space of someone who is outside of your nuclear family who is unbiased and trained on how the mind works and how our thoughts are connected to our feelings, are connected to what shows up in our bodies Mm -hmm. and can, again, help you navigate those waters so you're not alone. How do they find that person? They can go to like psychologytoday.com as a resource and they can even um, select by uh, religious preference. I want to see a woman who is a Christian uh, therapist or psychologist who also accepts my insurance. Yes. I was going to ask about that. Tell me about how does insurance, because that would be another thing. I think a lot of times Mm -hmm. we put all of the needs of our family, even financially, often before ourselves. And it's like, oh, well, I have money to pay for martial arts, but I don't have money to pay for a therapist or like I have money to go to Disneyland but I don't right. have money to pay for a therapist. Right. So, Disneyland is like three months worth of therapy. <laughs> I, know. I know. Well, and I was thinking too, it's interesting because especially if you have children and you are normally the one who is the caregiver of them, it's also going to require that you have help. And that goes back to that community of people that by you being brave and reaching out to your community of whether it's a mom friend, or an aunt or a sister or your mom to say, I need to make this a priority so that I can 
be a healthy person and I need your help because I'm going to need help watching my children and I'm going to need help to keep this a priority and maybe even some accountability and maybe even to schedule extra space to know if I go and my appointments at two and my appointments is for an hour long, instead of carrying the space of saying, okay, I'll get there at 159, be there until 301 and then come home and start chores and prepping dinner, like maybe planning out with whoever that person is, who's helping you with your kids, I'm going to need until 430 so that you can have time to even process and serve your own heart. Come on. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> All of that, Krista. And also keep in mind a couple different things. Mm-hmm. One, therapy is so much more accessible today as a beautiful um, outgrowth of the um the quarantine and COVID mm-hmm. because all of a sudden so many psychologists who were just like no you need to come into my office and blah 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 you don't want to work you gotta eat you know then you need to <laughs> go on telehealth you know so wow. you can actually you're not limited to specifically where you live especially if you do live in a more rural area where you don't want people in your town knowing your businesses necessarily you're a therapist whose license is licensed in that entire state wow so you can see somewhere in someone in a different part of the state and you can see them over video so I have moms who join from work you know just during their lunch hour I have moms who will um call me in the car they're sitting in the car in the garage <laughs> because that's the only quiet place or they're yeah. sitting in closet and the kids are just in the other room and you know they can hear them like okay come to me if anyone's bleeding or if there's a fire you know <laughs> that you know I've had moms who you know they're in the bathroom and they have their glass of wine and their therapist and mm-hmm. and you know so it's more accessible today where you don't necessarily have to take you know an hour before an hour after to commute there and those mm-hmm. kind of things. Wow. But one thing that you also mentioned is that you know, sometimes we don't prioritize our own hearts, you know, whether it be because, you know, we're not setting aside finances for it, or we're not setting aside enough time with our sister friends who can care for our children. Mm-hmm. But if we are really following the example of Christ, go back and look during Christ's ministry days. There are countless times when he went away from the crowds Mm -hmm. or he even denied the needs of the crowds for moments, whether it be for the rest of that evening or for an entire day to reconnect with the father who was his there. The perfect, the perfect. Jesus needed time for himself, Mm -hmm. who is God. How much more do we as humans need that? I think we are brought up in a culture, especially in our Christian churches, that says just give and sacrifice and give and sacrifice. And I think that is actually blasphemous if we really want to go there, because that's not the example that Christ gave. You're trying to be God. Mm. 
And even God rested on the seventh day. And he knew it was so important for us as humans that he made it part of the top 10. Made it a commandment. I know. I was thinking about that was our, our podcast that we just released actually this week that you and I are recording this, the one that was released the same week. So it would have been back from June 14th, if someone wants to go back, is about the importance of Sabbath and how it's almost like putting us in a place of idolatry that I'm going to put myself over what even, what even God said, God designed us for this His design. He said, this is how I made you to function. Yet we think we can function better outside of his design and not get burned out and not have problems and hurt, Right. right. You know, and repercussions of our disobedience. Right. Right. Like you think you better than God. You think you're Jesus, but like God and Jesus need a rest, but you don't, <laughs> you know, and it sounds, it's funny. It sounds ludicrous or whatever, but our actions align with sacrifice all and leave nothing left. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you hear the, the analogy of like not pouring from an empty cup. Mm-hmm. And I think that's helpful to some point. What I love and a friend told me is instead of thinking about my cup being half full or half empty, I want my cup to always be full. And me as a mom, I'm giving for my overflow. Yes. Yes. No, God says that he will have our cup running overflowing. Absolutely. But we have to be intentionally connected with him so that he can fill our cup. Exactly. Hmm. That's what that means taking time, taking space. And sometimes just on a very practical level, sometimes that is not alone time. Yes. Sometimes that will be with your children because it is what it is, right? And the Garden of Eden wasn't even alone. The Garden of Eden, they were in communion with God together, but it was an intentional life-giving communion with him, not spinning your wheels. Exactly. It's about being mindfully present. So you're in the moment and you're attuned to the moment, to what you hear. Just pay attention to any moment. Actually, right now, as you're listening or watching, just notice what am I hearing? What am I seeing? What am I sensing? Like, what can I feel on my skin? Is there anything that you taste? I just drank a sip of water. You know, and, and just tune in to all five senses. You can make that part of your, your top three or three minute check-in with yourself. So if there's, if there's a mom listening who feels like, okay, like my heart's pounding, maybe she's tearing up or in a place of just saying, I feel like this is speaking to my heart, but I'm just kind of overwhelmed by this. I know you recommended using the rule of three. And again, I'll put that in the show notes. Um, being brave to reach out to a therapist, a professional. Um, and you mentioned the resource and I'll put that in the show notes too, of maybe a way to help find one. You also could reach out to your local church and ask, ask your church if you, if, if you want to, but again, that does put you out there, but they might have recommendations reaching out to your community of women who your community of people are and being real because odds are, if you're feeling that way by you being vulnerable with the safe people in your life, it will open up a new space for you to love them well as well, because you're allowing them to see that they can be vulnerable and that they can hurt, that they can be real with you. So is there any other thing that you would, that you would want to tag on before we wrap it up? 
Yeah, just remember to shower yourself. Forget to shower. I need you to bathe yourself with lots of grace and compassion and kindness. Because even feeling um, less than, feeling like you're not doing well at this time, feeling like, yeah, I am having some depression right now. There can be some feelings about that. Like, well, am I not strong enough? And and all that self-doubt and self-deprecation and negative self-talk. I say again, to just slip into that bath of self-love, self-kindness, and think as a mother, Think about the younger you. Think about the 10-year-old you, the four-year-old you, and what does she need? She's going to need your compassion and your, your nurturing and your kisses. So that's how I want you to treat yourself, mom, with that nurturing and compassion and those kisses and just knowing that it's okay to not be okay. And you need to love you before you love anybody else. Hmm. I just feel like I need to go back. I will, because I'm going to record this, you know, so I can just go back and re-listen to, re-listen to that. And, um, I know that's just going to, your words have just been so encouraging to me. I could just sit and we could do this for a lot longer, but we do have to wrap it up. Um, and I would encourage moms also in this to think about a friend who they know who has similarly could empathize and be brave to share it with them. And, share why it has encouraged you give some specifics what encouraged you today and how could it maybe be an encouragement to that friend as well dr Blythe, thank you so so much thank you for having me today i really appreciate it krista friend i am so proud of you today you already made a choice to prioritize your health today you prioritize taking care of you by listening to this all the way through and hopefully gleaning from the wisdom that Dr. Blyde had to share with us today. Uh, I believe that there's something that every person can take from this after this last year of so much isolation and fear and burdens that we were carrying as moms. I believe that God is a God of miracles and he does great works and we can come out of this better but it doesn't necessarily happen automatically. I don't believe it actually ever will happen automatically without some work. So I'm really proud of you for doing this for yourself today. And I would encourage you as Dr. Blyde talked about the importance of mothering with people and having your community surround you, go back. If you haven't listened to it before, listen to our conversation on mothering and community. There's a lot of uh, very real applicable wisdom that you can share in there. And we also talked about the importance of being a good friend and you can go back and listen to that podcast also about how to be a good friend. We'll have some real, um, just tangible ways. If that's something that you want to work on ways that you can work on that in your own life. And as we close today on just such a tender topic, um, my heart ended in such a tender place. I would love to, uh, pray over you as we close. Oh, gracious heavenly father, you are a God of hope. You are a God of redemption. You are a God that did not leave your people wandering in the desert. You do not leave us in places of hurt. You want to bring us to a place of healing. You have created us with bodies and minds that move towards healing and move towards wholeness because you are perfect. And so your creation, you designed it perfectly, Lord. I pray for the mom who's listening today who's 
heart knew that this is for her. I pray that you help strengthen her, allow her to lean into those feelings and to recognize that the prompting in her heart may be from you, maybe from the Holy Spirit leading her to be brave, to take the next step, to take care of herself, your perfect creation, to give herself grace and to take the next step towards her healing, not just so that she can serve others well, but so that she can love, love you well and be loved by you well as her perfect daughter. We love you, Lord. I thank you for Dr. Blyde and the way that you spoke through her today. I pray for your blessing on her and on every woman, woman who is here today. In your name we pray. Amen. See you next time, friends. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of our weekly conversations. And check out our show notes below where I have links to the resources mentioned on the podcast. I release a new podcast every Monday and additional content at seekholyliving.com, including a video of this conversation and a deeper dive into all things mom. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Seek Holy Living for more fun and conversation. If this was an encouragement to you, please share it with your friends. And join us next week as we talk about protecting your children from comprehensive sex education.